Drink Talk live, and the phones are open here. If you want to join us, you can do that. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody formerly known as Rich Paul. And Aria. And, of course, you can bring up anything that's on your mind coming up. Aria, you're going to tell us a little bit about some of the latest news out of Russia that uh, regarding Putin wanting to be called something besides president. We'll uh, share that with you on the way here tonight. Plus, the war on weed continuing in California. Uh, But first, I I do want to say send a thank you out to the producers behind HBO's new documentary series that i guess started last night i hear it's airing after westworld for the next six weeks uh so it's a multi-part hour long basically 50 minute hour long uh per part documentary series called the anarchists i've heard really good things about it but i haven't watched it yet and i'm not i'm not sure whether or not i'm really going to because for one i know like i personally know the people involved for the most part so i know the story and they're not getting any money off of it or anything like that. So it's it's like I would just be giving money to HBO to be giving HBO money in order to watch it. Which well, I do have an HBO Max account, so I'm giving the money anyway. But <laughs> it's like, do I want to take the time out to actually watch this show that isn't actually doing anything to help my hmm. friends? I mean, it's not on their YouTube channels or anything like that. So it's not going to do any of them any favors for us to watch it. I forgot that people still paid for media. Well, I, I have. If I can't torrent it, I don't watch it. I have bell restrictions that prohibit me from torrenting. So, well, I would say this: uh, I did watch. Uh, there was a presentation, but with some of the local activists today, where it was uh, where it was viewed, and uh, so I had the chance to see it, and I thought it was excellent. Um, yeah, of course, we're already voluntarists. We know what it means to believe in freedom. We understand the definitions and all that. But it's not a hit. Remarkably. Well, that's the thing, and that's what's that's what's interesting about this uh, this series is it was produced by somebody who is friendly to the libertarian or anarchist, if you prefer to use that term, viewpoint, and they're trying to correct the misinformation about the word anarchist, which is for so long one of my major objections to using it has been that people tend to think of bomb throwing and violence and and yeah. they they address that right up front i mean it's like the first thing in the first episode is they they literally have video of somebody throwing a molotov cocktail and they freeze frame it and they say not that kind of anarchist and then they talk about like peaceful well that kind of person people. isn't an anarchist right but that's what they say about themselves. It, Those people say they are anarchists, and the news media says that they are anarchists. I know, but trying to replace there are different the different sta- kinds of anarchists. Well, no, the, the people who are using Molotov cocktails and violence to achieve their ends, they're just many states. They sure. want to be the next state. There's nothing anarchistic about that. Well, you and I understand that, but most people don't. Know, and sadly. And I think that is one of the sort of the main thrusts so far of this particular documentary series is to try to uh, inform people differently about that particular subject. Well, there's certainly uh, a huge benefit in that. So maybe I will have to watch it just to encourage HBO to do more of the same. You, well, if not for that reason, just so you'll be able to comment on it and True. have an opinion about it, uh, because it was interesting. It was well put together, and and you know I I learned some things. I mean, you said you know a lot of the people involved, and and I have met. Um, most of the people probably that they interviewed, but I don't know them. I mean, they live in 
uh, some of them live in sure, Acapulco. That's true. I think some of them have left Acapulco. I'm not sure. I think we're going to find that out over the series, like who's come and then who left and what happened uh, while they were there. What happened with the shooting? I know that's coming. They've uh, they've teased that one. They're already interviewing uh, the young woman, one of the, uh, the the three people that were attacked by a, a hit squad basically so that's that's going to be coming up in later episodes in detail we've got to so have drama they got the drama it's coming the drama's coming uh they've already hinted that they must really be over the target it, well, well they in, were they were the target in acapulco i wouldn't say so it's just uh in that case they were targeted and it'll be interesting to hear their uh way of telling this particular story because we heard about it from the third person in the home that was shot up yes. who survived it uh, one of two who survived. I think we talked about it on Free Talk Live at Forkfest two years ago. We, I, didn't we? Inter- I think we interviewed him about right. it. Jason Henza. Um, he came there and uh, told us the whole story, and it basically was like a jealous wannabe boyfriend who wanted it to take out a hit on his competition. That's that's sadly to be what it boiled down to. So I mean, that just that didn't have anything to do with them being over the target as far as the state uh, or anything like that. It was just jealousy and a personal conflict oh. yeah uh because i was thinking wow we were excited about getting a little protest <laughs> <laughs> because the uh, the anarchists in acapulco i don't think they ever had any belief if they did it would have been insane that they could change anything i think right, that, they're just trying to be free like like mark's plan with his little things the Honduras that, yeah. thing that he's doing yeah i mean he he's not trying to combat the state or anything like that he's just trying to carve out a little a little freedom kingdom where he can be whatever he perceives as being free. Correct. Uh, and, and for a time, Mark did consider moving to Mexico as well. Uh, and I think that the drama in uh, in Acapulco, or at least the perception of it, was probably a turnoff to him. And he wanted to find a more free place than, than Mexico. Mexico just seems to be like the default. Oh, it's close. Let's you know go there kind sure. of thing. He needs to strap an Acme rocket to his back. Why is that? Because <laughs> he's the wily e. coyote of, of liberty. Mark Edge? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and he was in this briefly. I was also briefly shown. They had some footage of Free Talk Live broadcasting from Anarchapulco. I think they might have interviewed us at one point, and maybe that'll come up later. It's been some number of years. So I just wanted to say thank you to the producers of The Anarchist for opening their series with a line from Free Talk Live. Yeah, I heard that the very first line spoken in the series was from from you, I believe. That's correct. Yeah. Congratulations. So thanks. Hmm. Uh, thanks, What'd guys. you say? I don't remember. <laughs> something along, from what I've heard, it's something along the lines of we're here at Anarchapulco. Anarchapulco, yeah. Something just some like sort that. of intro yeah. from, oh, from okay. the event where we were broadcasting. So it's going to be interesting. You know, they're getting into some of the personalities and their stories. Uh, yeah. And so we'll, we'll, we'll learn more as it, as it develops. But I do recommend it if you are at all curious about anarchy and you want to get some different perspectives on it. You want to hear about people who moved elsewhere, right? Like we talk a lot about New Hampshire and why people who care about liberty ought to concentrate here. This is showing an alternative perspective. This is the perspective of the expatriate, those who decided that they were not going to bother in the United States anymore and they wanted to make an escape to Anarchapulco. And I think that what we're going to find is that people just don't get along real well and that there were uh, interpersonal conflicts. Just as there, there always been, will be. Yep, just as there have been here in New Hampshire as well. When you move... Dozens of people to the same place, and I only say dozens because I'm pretty sure Anarchapulco's never had more than than that. Um, or in our case in New Hampshire, when you move thousands of people to the same place, it's inevitable that some people aren't going to get along. 
And on the subject of New Hampshire, don't worry, you know, you, the people out there may be wondering, well, how come the Free State Project hasn't gotten one of these? Well, actually, uh, it's called we Free State. Several. Well, the, the latest one is called Free State, and there were people all over the Porcupine Freedom Festival recording and interviewing people for basically the Free State version of this HBO special. Yeah. So that's coming in the pipeline in the future. I think the Free State one's probably going to be uh, just a one-off documentary, so. you know, like, a, I don't know, hour and a half, two hour long thing. Well, the it, thing but is, it looks great. Drama... It it's it's so irrelevant because it's like ninety percent of the free staters could hate me, and I'd still have more anarchists to chill out with than I did in Michigan. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> but I don't think the drama's irrelevant, and you know the the free state projects, uh, the free state special may be a one-off special. It really depends on how much drama they can find here. Mm-hmm. They, they may find enough to be like, oh, we got to turn this into a miniseries or whatever. One never knows. But I mean, if you've got that drama, just like Tiger King, it, it is crazy enough, you can get people to watch it and it could be successful. Yeah. And, you know, I know the producer is interested in possibly selling the whatever it is that she cooks up. So maybe since HBO bought this first one from this other guy, mm-hmm. maybe she'll be able to pitch it to HBO as sort of a follow up. I mean, ours has an FBI raid and everything. The drama is way up there in New Hampshire. You know, they could uh, retitle it. Right, because you know, if you sell the thing, they can yeah. change change the name of it. Uh, they could, it could be the Anarchist colon Free State, Ooh, yeah, or, like a sequel. Yeah, 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 I like that. So that'd be nice. Uh, the number here is six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. But yeah, check out the Free State documentary as well. It doesn't exist yet, but there's like a seven or eight minute long uh, promo trailer or sizzle reel, I think, as they call it. And I highly recommend. I'll see if I can get the website for you because it's there. FreeStateDoc.com. Very, very cool. It looks like it's going to be something pretty awesome. Uh, there's more coming up here. You can join us on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio, it's Ian. Nobody. And Aria. You can join us online anytime you want. Just head on over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you. In fact, uh, those features include uh, archives that go back for years, and you can easily access those through our podcast feeds go to feeds.freetalklive.com you'll find links to our podcast there uh, it's rss feed you copy the link you put it into your favorite podcast client or just use one of the existing uh, options there and grab the show that way and then you'll get episodes as they are released super easy to do that just go to feeds.freetalklive.com to get started we go to your phone calls and thoughts daryl is on the line in missouri go ahead daryl taking the call it's a you know you'd ask me uh, what i was calling about it's a sad day for liberty here in missouri i'm a candidate for missouri u.s senate i'm running against eric greitens who is uh he's a 2013 recipient of the world economic forum uh he's a young globalist and they're portraying him as a republican and i'm running as a Republican, but I followed the Free State Project since about is the, is, the, is your opponent the incumbent? No, he's not the incumbent. Is resigning. That would be Matt. Ah, uh, okay. So it's he an open seat. It's an Got open it. seat, and we have 
We have an old time senator here, Jack Danforth, who's injected an independent to it. And Billy Long, he looks like Porky Pig. I got a tweet up on my Twitter, uh, Missouri Battle Flag, which I never get any thumbs up or heart. So or why were you calling our it. show tonight, Daryl? Jeffrey Winehouse. Do you guys know about the shooting of Jeffrey Winehouse in Missouri? Uh, there have been so many shootings, uh, you know, especially by the police. It's hard to really track them all. Was it who shot him? Some of your listeners might remember the cop block and it was in Missouri Mm -hmm. and Jeffrey was shot by the Missouri Highway Patrol. And it turns out that the officer that shot him, Henry Folsom, in in legal evidence that came out where he tried to get his job back they said he was defective and he failed a drug test he was on adderall and prozac when he shot jeffrey wow he told stories that he worked for the cia and and uh and he said the next guy that pulled his uh wallet out quickly he would shoot him and jeffrey got shot he had shot someone and killed them years prior to shooting jeffrey and was on Adderall and Prozac for PTSD, and I don't hit the guy for that, but I hit the Missouri Adderall and Prozac for PTSD. I they mean, don't want to give people yeah. something like shrooms Maybe, that could actually Adderall. cure these I things. For mushrooms, I do. That's on my. If you go to my Twitter, you'll see a thing I advocate for, hmm. the things I oppose, and things I advocate. And I do have mushrooms on there for uh, PTSD. I think. So the cop killed this guy, PTSD. shot him to death. No, he didn't kill Jeffrey. They gave him thirty years for. They gave Jeffrey Winehouse 30 years for attempted murder on Henry Folsom, the guy that was on Adderall and Prozac. Wait, wait, wait. hold on. Let me see if I'm following this. Hold on. Folsom, the cop, shot Winehouse, and the guy who got shot by the cop ended up in prison for 30 years? Yeah, and he calls me every day from prison. And Jeffrey was wearing an early spy watch. You know who Gavin Syme is? Gavin Syme advocated for him for a long time. Yeah, Gavin Syme and, was and, uh, is actually an expatriate who's moved to Mexico. <laughs> Ties into our first and uh, segment. I really attacked him for that at the time, and I have to repent. I gave him a lot of hate for leaving, but the situation that I found myself in over a property, and you can find that out at my YouTube channel, Missouri Battle Flag. The videos I've been told are. Yeah, like so I have to ask uh, this guy, Winehouse, was he convicted or did he take a plea deal? Yes, he was convicted, and today the governor denied his clemency. Oh man. See, this is what this is the problem with the jury system, right? Everyone thinks that a jury can give you a fair trial or anything like that. No, you're your latest videos are for a jury can give you a fair trial. Yeah, but they're not not likely. likely. That's not the way people work, right? So that's not the way people are brainwashed. We know as uh, people who are awake or red pilled that that a fully informed jury has all the information and can nullify the government's law. And the government's, you know. Well, yeah, but people are still emotional, panicky little things. I I, I don't think the average person has the constitutional fortitude to actually be fair and unbiased. Mm -hmm. I just don't. don't have me on the Kansas City radio. They hang up on me and they say, it's Daryl the cop hater because I call for accountability and fair treatment of everyone. Wow. Uh, What's the campaign website you want to plug? I just have a Facebook and a Twitter. I'm actually... Not allowed to be participate in the debate tonight because I don't have enough money. I don't have a forward-facing uh, website, 
and they said I'm uninvited along with 12 other candidates. I suspect. All right. Bill well, what's Barton what's your last name, Daryl, so people in Missouri can learn about you? It's Daryl McClanahan, Missouri Battle Flag. Daryl with McCann. one R, two R's. How do you spell Daryl? Two R's and two L's. Two R's, two L's. Good luck, Daryl. I, I appreciate your call tonight, man. Thanks for the uh, the heads up on the cop shooting, one of an innumerable number of shootings. It's, it's really depressing. Uh, to continually report on people just being wholesale murdered and slaughtered by corrupt cops across the country. That's what police do, though. I mean, they are, as the video that you're posting to our Odyssey channel, in in the Free Kings Odyssey channel in the near future, suggests, you know, that's what cops do. They show up, and all too often, they kill people. And never are, almost never are held actually accountable for it in any way. And they're uh, never your friends. Cops are never there to help or anything like that. My house recently got egged. The neighbors called the cops. But oh, really? Yeah, I'm proud to say the cops didn't even bother to talk to me. Because <laughs> they knew you wouldn't talk to <laughs> them. Right. So, yeah, I because mean, it wouldn't have done any good. Worst, worst outcome, I mean... They they managed to find the these teenagers and they mm-hmm. charged them for you know being teenagers essentially and then they've got this hanging over their heads that's not worth it mm-hmm. right it's involving the or or they show up and they shoot the five kids or whatever that there's no telling with cops that'd be bad let's go to your calls uh, more with uh, now Dave Ridley on the line from New Hampshire go ahead Ridley oh say can you bleed by Baton's daily smite <laughs> okay. It's easy for you but to I was say. calling about something else. Uh, the uh, candidacy of Lily Tang Williams running for U.S. Congress in New Hampshire. Uh, I'm a little vague on whether she's technically a free stater or whether she's just someone that's at pork fest. Lily uh, Tang Williams is, as I understand but, it, a free state project participant. She is noteworthy okay. uh, in a lot of ways because she gets a lot of uh, national press. She's been on Tucker Carlson. She's been interviewed by the Epic Times or whatever, various different uh, online and actual broadcast sources. And that's because she's got a long history of um, advocating for liberty. She moved to the United States from China. Uh, she was there, you know, in some of the worst of China's history, and she managed to get out. Uh, and then she moved, I think, to Colorado at some point, lived there for a while, and heard about the Free State Project somehow, and ended up moving out here. She, I believe she lives just down the street from Jay Noon, and is a pretty principled... She's like pretty fire, awesome. She's a firecracker, for sure. Like She definitely understands what freedom's all about. Dave, I, I know you had something to say about her, so stand by. We'll continue here in moments. The number 603-283-6160. She has run for office in Colorado, but I believe this is her first outing. Uh, for you know, running for office in New Hampshire, and she is running for a U.S. rep seat, and there's probably like at least half a dozen people that are running against her, so it's going to be a, a tough race. There's more coming up here. You can join us and bring up whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can join us. Bring up whatever you want at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, nobody, and Aria in the studio tonight. And I want to make sure that you know about Bitcoin.com. Great place to go and learn about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash. In fact, uh, we were talking about the, the new documentary series on HBO entitled The Anarchists. And the founder of Bitcoin.com is included in that series, Roger Veer, as a few clips of him speaking from the very earliest Anarchapulco uh, event. And it seems like the documentary series is going to focus on Anarchapulco and the migration of people down to Acapulco as far as uh, anarchist types moving there. It's going to be pretty interesting. But Bitcoin's going to become, a, a, I think, a feature of this as well. I, I was looking at some of the posts online and you know from the like the producer or whoever it was it was behind the film or the uh, the series and bitcoin was certainly mentioned so it well it, how could it not be yeah of course right. of course it didn't really play into this first episode very much but i think it is i think it got a mention or two but it, i think it, that's coming uh go to bitcoin.com click a, a get started at the top of the page and you can begin your process of learning about cryptocurrency like bitcoin and bitcoin cash get your first wallet uh set up and then maybe get some crypto yeah, the price is quite a quite a ways down from its peak that it hit in uh, the last year so it might be a good opportunity but the first thing you want to do is start learning and click get started at the top of bitcoin.com to do that you can also get their news headlines over at news.bitcoin.com let's go back to dave ridley you were calling in about one of the political candidates uh lily tang williams she is a uh, Chinese escapee. She got out from Red China and came to the United States and became a libertarian. A, from what I can tell, a pretty hardcore voluntarist kind of libertarian. People uh, I know and trust speak very highly of her. I don't know her positions or her beliefs that well. I know she's anti-communist and that she's a free stater or she's at least affiliated with the Free State Project, at least to the extent that I am. I'm pretty sure she's a signer and she moved here for the Free State Project. But like state rep Matt Santanastasso and you and Jay Noon and all of these other people speak very highly of her. So when Matt, when Matt came Wait. around with signs for her, I was like, hell yeah, throw one in my yard. Right. So what about her, well, Dave? Wait, no, no, I, I don't. I'm not very familiar with her. I do not. I, I cannot. I do not have enough information to vouch for her yet. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I figured I that you, you did that you uh, didn't know her because you said in the last segment that uh, you didn't seem too familiar with her. So correct. Uh, and obviously, you know, when people run for Congress, especially if they win, it, it tends to be, you know, it, ne- it never tends to they, they never seem to stay in Congress and be a good person. Right. It doesn't seem. It's only happened to one or two people in history, it seems like. So, well, the power uh, definitely corrupts. I mean, there's no doubt about yeah. that. And we've certainly seen libertarians come here, purported anarchists, come here to New Hampshire and get elected to even weak seats like State House uh, and and seemingly lose their minds. So it, it is certainly possible, and it doesn't seem like many people are immune to that. It does uh, seem rare, happening. though, for free staters, at least in the state house here. I mean, most of them that I'm aware of, they, they stayed true to libertarianism even after being yeah, elected. But at, but at the same time, Arya, they're not putting forth principled bills like, okay, let's abolish government schools. Okay, let's true. end the war on drugs. Let's end you know property taxes, things like that. They're not, they're not touching Some of them issues. do. I think it might be a good time for an uh, end of the war on drugs um it's always a good time for that bill um but you know it it does it makes some sense to me um 
not to put in basically not to put in bills that are too extreme without a without a particular purpose for doing it. Well, the purpose well, is you end the war on drugs. And you and, normalize the idea, right? It's going right. to sound extreme. But you're not going to do that if the bill doesn't pass. But you but will get a conversation started. That's exactly it, right? It, 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 no matter how extreme it is, it's going to get people talking about it. The first time they hear right. about it, it's going to sound crazy and extreme. And but the pass. second time, the third time, the fourth time, this was the whole idea of the secession bill that we helped... Uh, that Dave Ridley helped bring forward to the uh, New Hampshire House this past session was we we didn't expect it to pass. It would have been great. We knew it wasn't going to pass. Yeah, but it got people talking about the idea of secession. They're still talking about it. This video, by the way, that I've uh, just finished uploading to our Odyssey channel or the Free Keen Odyssey channel, which is video.freekeen.com. I've got two videos up. There's the full hour long, all the speeches from the stage. It was this anti Free State Project rally that happened here in Keene over the weekend, where dozens attended. Uh, so I got the full in un- Soviet America government protest. You. That's what's happening in Keene and in New Hampshire, but not anywhere else. Uh, but, well, it's Keene. I mean, but, but come it's, on. <laughs> but it's also been happening elsewhere in New Hampshire. It's just Keene has has been the largest of these things. Elsewhere, it's been maybe three or four or five people at most. Here, they had about 30 attendees, according to my count. Yep. Uh, but the, the full unedited speeches are there. So anybody that wants to see exactly what was said, you know, un, unedited from the stage, there's only one battery change. That's the only clip in the whole thing. That's the edited there. version is so much better. Though. Oh, of course it is. Um, and then the edited version, you can you can see the most outrageous things and the, and the sort of the biggest unintentional endorsements uh, that we had from the stage. I don't even remember why I was talking about that, but uh, it was, you know. Pretty cool. You should check it out. I mean, anyway, some of these people had no business being public speaking. Up right. to 20. Some of them just got up there and they wow. read essays they had written. Some of them just spoke in monotone. I was like, this is the best the Democrats can conjure up for their protest is is these monotonous, boring, droll yeah. individuals. Mostly elderly. Well, the best president they could come up with was a senile child bonus. <laughs> we'll talk about that but later. But he's at least entertaining. Well, uh, None of these people were. Go ahead, Ridley. Anyway, the part that I called to talk about <laughs> was uh, there was just there was just I guess uh, recently a publicity stunt, publicity stunt for Lily Tang Williams. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about the skydiving? Yeah, but they got up in a plane and carried Lily Tang Williams signs and jumped out of the plane. And they got a video of it. That was Matt Santanastaso and I think his brother as well. But who? Oh, cool. Matt is a state rep, and I believe his brother is running for state rep. That's right. Yeah, San- Matt Santanastaso, of course, was one of the two state reps who were spearheading. I would say he was the most of the the reps spearheading the uh, the secession. He bill. and Mike Sylvia, correct for sure. But but Matt was the first to kind of like be That's on true. board with yeah. it, and then we brought Mike uh, Sylvia on as the sort of the senior legislator who'd been around the block. Uh, a handful of times. And so, yeah, Matt, Matt Santanastasa is a great activist. And, and then again, that ties back into this weekend where they actually had anti-Santanastasso signage <laughs> at this protest. So, you know, when they're protesting a, a specific rep because of secession, that's why they're going after him, unlike anyone else. Oh, yeah, that's why I brought up the event, because secession was mentioned from the stage on, I believe, more than one occasion. They mentioned CACR 32 a number of times. Yeah, so they're still talking about that, Ridley, and it's it's really a lot of it's thanks to you for, uh, for, for kind of getting that ball rolling last year. Well, thank you. All right, man. Anything else you want to say? That is all. All right. Thanks for the call tonight. So I guess he was pretty impressed by the jumping out of a plane for a is candidate. Is he still there by any chance? Because uh, I'm curious if Lily Tang Williams has a campaign. So I know it's on her Twitter. 
And uh, uh, because Matt, when he, 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 I'm going skydiving with him in the near future, oh, but wow. he ended up sending me the video of it. And it's so awesome, Matt. Awesome rock really? music to it. And, you know, he was trying to skydive and get someone, you know, holding a camera, watching mm-hmm. him, with, holding the Lily Tang Williams signs and all that. But, you know, air pressure being what it is, yeah. the sign just like exploded. <laughs> oh, my God. It's really entertaining, right? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'll have he, to check that he out. clearly didn't expect. I would have really thought that that part of it through as well. That oh yeah, I'm going to go out, you know, holding this sign, and it's going to effectively <laughs> act like a mini parachute, <laughs> and it's going to fly out of my hands. And it it got oh ripped in half, I think, by the air pressure. It was a great video, full, absolutely worth watching. Uh, is it on her social? It's media? It's on her Twitter, and okay. I, I'm not sure off the top of my head what that is. If she has a campaign site, I'd love to hear about it so I can All promote right. that instead. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure she has a website. Just offhand, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, Lily Tang Williams, interesting character, and again, a, a Free State Project mover, and and that's what happens with this migration is success breeds success. Lily is one of the newer movers. She's come within the last half a decade or so. Uh, she bought a house here, so she settled. She settled in, uh, brought her family up as well. And the more people like her, the more effective activists who are willing to get out there and put it on the line and do something for freedom, the more people are going to hear about what happens here in New Hampshire. The more libertarian, voluntarist, anarchist, liberty-loving people are going to migrate here, and the successes are just going to build on each other, and these status are going to go away. They're, they can't handle this. It's Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here. You can join us. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian, nobody, and Aria in the studio here tonight. You can bring up anything that is on your mind. We do have a rule, though. We don't have a lot of rules on Free Talk Live, and there is a rule of one call per night. And if you didn't feel like you got enough time to say what you wanted to say, well, that's okay. We're here seven nights per week. And you can I mean, we also have the social time. media server. Yeah. We have the chat server. We have all kinds of... You can sit there and spam on our Facebook page all day and night, and we don't care. Do it. Yeah, go at it. Um, in fact, you mentioned... None of us the, use Facebook. You mentioned the social media. Uh, that's social.freetalklive.com. You can head over there and sign up for an account, and it's free. It's a self-hosted server, not run by some sort of megatech corporation. Head over to social.freetalklive.com. So, uh, let's see. I don't think... We've just been taking phone calls here so far tonight. We really didn't get into any show prep yet, but there's all kinds of interesting stuff to discuss, uh, including... Aria, you have a story about Putin on the way, but first, we'll get into what's happening in California. Uh, Reason Magazine, with a report on the war on cannabis continuing in California. A lot of people just think that that's been over since you know the mid-1990s when California had a ballot measure to legalize medicinal cannabis, which of course led later to uh, legalizing actual cannabis for recreational purposes and Turns out that the war ain't over. According to a recent press release, according to Reason.com from the U.S. Department of Justice, Californians can sleep a little easier thanks to the brave work of federal and local cops who dismantled a criminal organization in San Diego County. Ryan Corner, the special... Define criminal. They will. The special agent in charge of... Criminal is what the the pigs are doing. I know, but they won't admit that. 
The uh, IRS Criminal Investigation Office says the gangsters who pleaded guilty to federal felonies last week didn't care, quote, how their actions negatively impact innocent people, the community, or our society. All of which is fundamentally false. Um, drugs in and of themselves don't do any of that. And if they were, you know, legal, the, the harm would be drastically reduced. The, the main problem with the drug war isn't the drugs, it's the enforcement of the drug war. The, the thing is, if a chemical isn't useful, it's, it's perfectly legal. I mean, you can go buy Clorox, but if you drink it, it'll kill you. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's not the most dangerous chemicals that they, that they outlaw. It's the most useful ones. Yeah, no, ones- caffeine, alcohol, alcohol in particular is nicotine. They're both completely legal. And very deadly. And extremely addictive. Uh, Chula Vista Police Chief Roxana Kennedy says those criminals, quote, pose a significant health and safety hazard to the public, especially our youth, unquote. But not to worry. The undersheriff. But Pfizer is totally okay and not posing any sort of health of dangers to people. Yeah, make sure you get your next dose because now they're going to be uh, telling people they need to get a uh, Pfizer or Moderna shot once every nine months, apparently. See, I was just thinking Ain't about. nobody got time for that. I was just thinking about the opiate crisis and the, the fact that these pharmaceutical companies have been pimping doctors and enticing them to prescribe more painkillers and more nerve pills and things like that in order to create an addictive sure. population because, you know. Lifelong customers are lifelong customers. Lifelong profits, too, yes. for the, uh, the corporation. So the undersheriff of the San Diego County Sheriff's Department has declared that, quote, East San Diego County is safer today because of this hard work. The Did F- they take the day off afterward? Because that would definitely make it safer. The FBI special agent in charge, Stacy Moy, from their San Diego field office, wants you to know that, quote, the FBI is committed to keeping our community safe from the vast array of violent crimes and criminal activity, which accompanies these illegal establishments. Yeah, it's a funny thing. Since the end of Prohibition, I haven't read a single story where an executive at Bacardi has had an executive at Seagram's whacked. So apparently (laughs) it's not the actual chemical that causes the violence. It's the government that causes the violence. Mm -hmm. And prohibition caused the biggest crime wave in American history until they came up with the bright idea of the war on drugs. And the war on drugs said, hold my beer and watch this. (laughs) Are they actually (laughs) accusing these people of any sort of violent crime? Or are they just leaving the suggestion out there that, oh, well, they were selling drugs illegally and therefore there must have been violent crime? They were selling marijuana illegally. One of the easiest drugs to get and one of the least linked to violent crime. At what are the being described as illegal establishments. So according to the story here... They is it pot legal in California? Yes, it is. Okay, but oh, that they it's weren't legal-ish. licensed. Uh, you got it. Okay, It's monopoly right. enforcement. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait a minute. The, 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 this sort of suggests that the FBI, the federal government, is actually going to turn a blind eye to the legalization industry, into uh, the legal pot yeah. industry. Well, they have... Uh, thus far for the most part. That's right. Yeah, but they haven't come out and done anything so obvious at this point. To my knowledge, that made it clear that, yes, there... No, there's been a a policy, I think, since the Barack Obama administration that the federal enforcers, the DEA, the FBI, they will not enforce on states with legalization policies. And that's because I don't think they want to go to court. You know, like, they, they, they know they could, 
because it's still illegal federally. So yeah. they know they could. And the Civil War, you know, taught the states and the federal government how the hierarchy works. But they would still, if the person didn't take a plea deal, whoever the person selling uh, the cannabis was, then they'd have to go to a, a jury of people who would be coming from the state in which that happened. And they would have to argue to that jury that even though the voters of the state, in most cases, because in most cases it wasn't done legislatively, uh, certainly out west it was all done through the ballot process, they would then have to convince a jury of people who, many of whom probably voted to legalize marijuana, to send this person to prison. So they I don't think they want to do that. You know, I really think that the gun and abortion issues are, are two issues, one for the left and one for the right where we should be reaching out and talking jury nullification. Sure. Because in both cases, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's an issue where they are absolutely adamant. And it seems like the most likely areas where they would actually use jury nullification for something they believe in. Yeah, if you can actually get somebody to go to trial because it's just so hard to find defendants uh, that are willing to risk going in front of a jury, and I don't well, blame the government. Scary that. man. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame anyone uh, for for doing that, for taking a plea. But I, I remember the last time I used to do jury uh, nullification outreach here in New here in uh, Keene, New Hampshire, every single month. I did it for more than a decade. So I hit whatever trials were there. But there were some times where it would literally be two months in a row where there were no jury trials. There because was people no, were taking plea deals. Yeah, because there was not a single jury for which to select jurors, so they just sent the jurors home. They did, they told them, don't come in. So I would show up at the courthouse, and no one was there except for the security agents at the courthouse. I'd say, hey, uh, is there a trial or anything? Like, no, no, there's no trial. I'd check the docket just to make sure, and you know, no, nothing going on. So That's what happened the I'd only time home. I was ever summoned for a jury. You know, I was like, all right, great, a time to- Where was act, this? Down uh, south? Mississippi. I was like, great, you know- a, a chance to actually be a positive influence in someone's life. Because unless this person like committed a violent crime, I was going to say not guilty, no matter what they did, as right. long as it wasn't violent. But unfortunately... You never made it. Never made it. Took a plea deal. Uh, but, but dude, you would have gotten off if I was on that jury. This is one of the other nice things about New Hampshire. Now, this doesn't apply to federal court, but in New Hampshire state court, you can talk about jury nullification. It is actually something you can bring up in court, and they cannot stop you from discussing it with uh, with the jury, which is very interesting. You can't bring that up in federal court? Oh, no. Why no, not? No, you can't. And and for most state courts, you can't bring it up there either. Seems like yeah. they would need some sort of legal framework that they could point to and say, this is why you can't discuss that. I mean, if they want to have a fair trial, fine. Let's. The judge just throws it out. I don't know what the excuse is. Yeah. But well, that means I have the right to offer up whatever defense I think is fairest to me. Tell that to Ross Ulbricht. Yeah. I wish yeah. I could. Mm-hmm. Well, you could. You could. Oh, no, you're on bail conditions, so you couldn't write, Ross. Why, could, why not? Because you're out, on, you're out on bail, so I think they, uh, they would block you uh, from that. That's unfortunate. Uh, so they are going after illegal marijuana selling establishments. The cannabis industry, according to Reason Magazine, uh, remains completely... Unlicensed businesses is what they mean. Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. Remains illegitimate in the eyes of the federal government. That means anyone who grows or distributes marijuana in California, even with the state's approval, is committing federal felonies every day. But even though Joe Biden wants to keep it that way, he has promised not to interfere with states that reject marijuana prohibition. 
So why are the feds not only busting marijuana merchants in California, but doing so in collaboration with local law enforcement agencies? It's amazing that even even in the areas where the liberals are right, Biden insists on being wrong. The explanation, as you may have surmised, is these particular marijuana merchants were breaking state law as well as federal law. Their businesses were not just illegal, but also unlicensed. That's what made them illegal, though. That's what we'll get into uh, coming up here in moments. The war on cannabis continuing in California. And you can weigh in here as well. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the program. As always, you can join us here at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about the war on cannabis, the war on marijuana. The war on unlicensed businesses. Let's call it what it is. They... Did, did they kick in anyone's door or drive a drone into their house this time? They may have. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know if they get into that in the story here from Reason.com. They appear to have gone after more than one uh, so-called illegal business. Again, people, as you pointed out. The Marijuana out, Six, we should call them. <laughs> uh, as you pointed out, Aria, these are people who are just simply selling cannabis without asking for permission. And we know that ultimately that is the real crime in America as far as the government is concerned. If you don't ask for permission, yeah, it's, really it's completely legal to do this thing. Right. But no, you have to ask permission. You have to get their permission slip. Specifically, you have not just ask for permission, but you got to pay for the permission. You've got to ask is down. the wrong word. You have to beg. Yeah, you got to kiss the ring. You got to shell out whatever amount of thousands of dollars it is because you know it ain't cheap in a place like California, right? Like it isn't like in New Hampshire. If they once they finally do legalize cannabis, if they unfortunately do put in a you know restricted system like we're talking about here it won't it'll be a fraction of the cost of uh, of what they do in California but hopefully we have enough freedom loving people in the state legislature to head this off at the pass and actually get cannabis legalized here where there is no permission system uh, involved that would be the ideal way to do it and no one of course has ever done it that if way. If they could do it with alcohol first, that would suggest to me that, that, that it could be done and they could, could succeed in that. But as it is now, if marijuana was legalized, I imagine they would use the alcohol industry as, as the model yeah, for it. Yeah, they will. And that, it's 100% state-run. That's state the run. plan. 
Um, the problem with trying to do alcohol first is that uh, alcohol is is stable and it has been for a long time. So people are people are used to the way it is, so mm. they don't really think about it. Um, I mean, it is whereas cheap. a lot of people want the situation of marijuana to change. Yeah, that's true. Although that said, this comes back to a conversation we were having in the last hour about state representatives here in New Hampshire. We've got, according to the Democrats at this anti-free state project protest, they've counted 50. The free state project themselves is only claiming like 40 and change. I like how they simultaneously said that we're not a fringe movement and then a few minutes later say, but don't worry, it's just a fringe movement. As long as we unite, we can overcome them. But they're not a fringe movement, but they're totally a fringe movement. They also said at one point, one of the speakers, the organizer of the event said, is uh, this Indian guy from the Middle East. He says, this is not an attack on uh, an individual or a group. And then, you know, in the next (laughs) breath, uh, he said something about free staters. But then one lady actually says that free staters are an invasive species. Right-wing extremists, they called me. Yeah, so, I mean, it was pretty clearly an attack on a group of people. Well, well, just look at you. You're obviously a right-wing extremist. (laughs) Standing there with my Trans Freedom Matter sign. How how was your experience at that event as a trans person? It was frustrating because there were a few people who, you know, I got criticized afterward by by a number of libertarians who didn't understand why I was... I got misgendered there. One of these people came up to me and just immediately said, guys, or whatever, and... you know, 99.99% of the time, I do not care. Yeah, but you if, can give a pass to somebody for that. But if you're a Democrat and th- that cancel culture mindset is part of your entire worldview, no, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire <laughs> over it. And she goes, no, I, I'm not being transphobic. Some of my best friends are lesbians. <laughs> I swear to God, she said that, right? Wow. Like, okay. So that, that has anything to do with being trans? Yeah, but that doesn't make it any better, right? And if it was just some normal person and a uh, libertarian was like, well, she didn't mean anything by it. No, they're the ones who say that people have to consciously be aware of exactly how they say mm. and what words they use to describe it. They're the microaggressions people. Yeah. Not me, right? I'm just holding her to the standard that Democrats want to hold people to. So that was frustrating. But being held up is like, they specifically said at one point that the free staters are are oppressing LGBTQ people or something like that. To which I said, that's not right. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that they would interpret that as, oh, you're right. That's that's not right. So I had to. You meant cr- that is not correct. Yeah, I quickly corrected. I was like, no, no, th- no, that's not correct. Mm-hmm. I know these people, and none of them are trying to oppress me or anything. And everyone turned around to go, shh. Oh, yeah. Like, wait a minute here. You can't say that I'm being oppressed. And, and silenced and my rights are being trod upon and all of these other things. You can't have a straight cis person say that and then have the trans person in attendance say that's incorrect. And all of the other straight <laughs> cis people turn around and tell me to be and quiet. literally shush you. Literally <laughs> shush me. And wow. just like that's the level of disconnect these people are operating at. And apparently yeah. there was one, one of the um, one of the little marshals they had was also trans. It's, it's unclear. Uh, this yeah. person was unwilling to engage with anyone 
in any meaningful capacity. Oh, no, that person engaged with Joa later. <laughs> but yeah, in the beginning, they, they, right. that person was t- being very quiet. Which was weird to me because uh, the person, and I, st- I don't, I don't want to misgender the person for being trans or anything, but I legit don't know because the, they were wearing a freaking mask the a entire mask, yeah. time. Are you made it hard to understand the person as well? Yeah, are you male to female? Females? I don't know what to call you, and you're not making it clear to me. Like, okay, look, if you want to have a beard, um, okay, I'll call How about you inhuman because they don't have a face. Inhuman's great, yeah. right? But it was it was very frustrating for that note alone, and another guy. I assume, like the speaker Muhammad there, mm-hmm. he, he specifically talked about how the free staters were coming in and people weren't doing their research about candidates and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, right. You're singing my song here. I was like, okay, well, hi, I'm Aria Demetso. Okay, mm-hmm. and you are? Hold on. He didn't even know. <laughs> no. You're the one who's standing. He's you, the chairman of the Cheshire Democratic Party. And he's, according to, I interviewed him. He, he has lived here for a decade, so it wasn't like he wasn't around in 2020. And he completely missed the sheriff campaign, apparently. With so- a trans person running as a Republican, <laughs> making mainstream news headlines, he completely missed it. Making exactly the point that yeah. people don't pay attention to who they're actually wow. voting for, right? So it's just completely ignorant, completely wrapped up in their own God. little bubble, having no idea what's going on. And it, it, it was just amazing to watch all of this play out, right? They had some good points when they talked about that sort of thing. And the, the whole thing was like an advertisement for the Free State Project. Yeah. It really was. And it, it was frustrating to to be used as sort of this political football. And this isn't new to me as a trans person. The, the left and the right, but they both. The trans people are the tug of war that they love mm-hmm. to fight over. But I, w- I would rather hang up, like the, what else I was going to say, was one of these people came up to me afterward while, in between the breaks of people speaking. He was like, you know, I just want to show you these free staters. They they voted to table the conversion therapy bill that was put forward recently. I was like, yeah, I know, I know. He's like, well, Jason Soros. I was like, yeah, do, do you know why they voted to table it? Because they wanted to kill it. No, they voted against tabling it was what it was. It was because they wanted to kill it. So and tabling it didn't kill it, mm, and he was just like, "Well, th- th- that's not what I was." Well, well, I know these people. You're trying to tell me what these people who are friends of mine are trying to do to me. You're you're sitting here trying to convince me that th- wow. these people over there want to oppress me and throw me in, you know, uh, pray the gay away camp or whatever. And that's and I'm standing here telling you, no, that's fun. You don't know what you're talking about, and you're ignoring me and telling me to shush. It's completely insane. They don't want to have, um, some of them don't want to have a conversation. I will give credit to some who actually were willing to speak to me that day. None uh, of them were willing to speak with me in any meaningful capacity. Like wow. the one person who referenced, you know, trans people being oppressed or whatever. Uh, the guy who tried, you know, this is what the free staters voted on. Are you aware of this? He was like, well, she'll be happy to speak with you. I was like, great. I'll be right here. Send her on over. Uh, I don't remember what she was. She was one of the state reps. Okay. She immediately left the area and she left the rally rather than have this conversation with me. It must make, you must make them so uncomfortable. Good. They should be uncomfortable spreading lies about trans people like that. Well, you're calling them out on their lies, number one. But number two, you are a trans person who uh, breaks from the mold, so to speak. You're, You're not just... They don't know what they're going to get, right? Like, obviously, the, like yeah. they see you. Aria's like a box of chocolate. Yeah. And they, they and they think one thing, and then if they actually speak to you, they will not be able to process the words coming out of your mouth because they're expecting you to say, "Oh yeah, thanks for being here. I'm trans, and I appreciate what you guys are." You know, the, whatever it would be that a you know one of the normal trans people would say to them. And you one of them al- almost gave me a sign. 
He he looked like he was going to, but then he did it. More coming up here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join us. You can bring up whatever you want here. The number is 603-283-6160. The war on cannabis continuing in California, despite the fact that it's quote-unquote legal. Well, as uh, we've been saying for a long time here on Free Talk Live, and I, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm against legalization of cannabis because... It always includes a regulatory structure. What I'm in favor of, and I think it was you, nobody, that came up with this terminology, is is a, a depenalization or an end to all penalties, all illegality of cannabis to essentially decriminalize it to the point where there's no criminal penalty at all for selling, for growing, uh, for... It's know, a plant. Regulate weed like onions. Yeah, right. It, it is literally just a plant. And sometimes people smoke it or do other things to it. Exactly. Now, in uh, in California, they are cracking down, apparently, on so-called illegal businesses. People who are selling cannabis. Without- There's no such thing as an illegal business. There's just businesses that have and haven't paid their, paid their dues to the king. That's all it ultimately comes down to. And these people, it sounds like, did not beg the king's permission and, you know... Pay the king for that that permission slip. Yep. And, you know, the, Milton Friedman actually pointed out that that the role of um, of government economically in the war on drugs is they are the um, they are the enforcement for the cartels. And what I mean by that is is by keeping it illegal and you know they make it so only people who are willing to break the law can uh can be in that uh that business they make it dangerous to compete with the cartels and uh so they are the protection racket and also of course the protection racket for big pharma which is the biggest and most dangerous drug cartel in america well now that that weed is legal the situation hasn't really changed very much the people that want to do business without asking for permission are being targeted because the government gang is protecting the people who have the licenses from competition and as they point out here is at- it really protection though i mean are they really protecting the people who have the licenses or yeah of course that's like saying well, that the mafia from- well hold on that's like saying that the mafia is actually protecting people by not breaking their legs if they if they don't pay for the right to be on the street corner or whatever well no they're protecting them from competition right by I mean, if if you're running a drug cartel, usually you have to pay a lot of money to have somebody come out and break the legs of the guy who's selling on your corner. But in uh, in Soviet America, the government will come out and break the legs of the competition for free. No, well, because you have to, you, you have to pay well, for all for you have to pay free. for all of those licenses and stuff like that. That's exactly my point. If you want to get licensed, you can pay their dues, and they're they're not going to protect weed seller A from weed seller B if weed seller B is able to pay all that money to the government 
They're not in they're it to protect, protect them weed seller from A. Weed seller C, who has not paid the government, they're protecting them in the same way that the FCC. No, they're protects. just not punishing weed seller A and weed seller B, in my but, opinion. But they're protecting them from competition by punishing other people. Right, they're scaring people out of the marketplace or making it too difficult for people to join the marketplace. And the same thing's true in, in so many, all every licensed business. I mean, uh, we're on the radio in a bunch of different marketplaces, and most of our radio stations that we know of have a government license that they got from the FCC. Yeah. God knows what cost. I mean, they had to hire a ton of attorneys and engineering firms, and it's very expensive to to get an FCC license. So they certainly paid a lot of money, and they expect the FCC to protect them from any unlicensed competitors. In fact... Well, someone who can't afford the license isn't going to be able to afford being a decent competitor in the first place, right? That's not true. It costs, a, it costs... Pirate radio can rock. Yeah, you can spend a few hundred bucks and put a pirate radio station on the air, and it can be heard in, in a city like Keene. A 50-watt transmitter can be heard across the entire city and beyond. So you okay. can absolutely compete. In fact, what happens uh, in the case of pirate radio broadcasters is usually the complaints that are sent into the FCC come from other radio stations. Yeah, the yeah. licensed radio stations. It's not the listeners that are complaining about it. It's the people who have the permission slip. They're mad. I mean, we had to pay a hundred thousand dollars to go on the air in this market, and this schmo shows up for three thousand bucks, and he's got his own broadcasting, you know, station, and they, they get very upset about that. It's slave on slave violence in uh, in that particular case. But that's also true in the cab business. Look at uh, Uber and Lyft when they came into the cab industry. They didn't. Uh, they didn't ask for permission they just said oh well we've got this completely new model it doesn't apply to all the regulations so why should we ask for a cab license we're just going to go into business and you know start giving people rides and before they you know before you knew it they were a huge success story now they're i don't know if they've made a profit yet but they they were still successful as far as getting people to use their services and the cabbies were so pissed they went into uh various different government you know uh, city councils and such and they lobbied to change the regulations to apply to uber and lyft and in the meantime they were literally targeting uber and lyft by attacking their drivers and things like that smashing their uh, i actually have an article about this it's not worth getting into tonight i don't think but uh, uber was pretty underhanded and shady during this entire thing as well i mean they were they were doing their own lobbying they were oh yeah they were no, egging people bad. on they, they were you know saying you know it would be great for our cause if we could get these cabbies to to, to attack some of our drivers so i mean they, they probably planted those cabbies or paid I them. So. I, I mean, mean the emails are out there. All of it's been leaked at this point where they're like, hey, you know, guys, it would be very good for us, hint, hint, if one of our guys got attacked by a cabbie. Well, that maybe they set some of it up, but some of it was, was real. I sure. mean, it happened to people here in, in New Hampshire, and, and that's because the cabbies were mad because Uber was encroaching in on their territory that they paid a license for. So anyway, that's what this I all comes Uber down to. I prefer Uber to taxis. Like twice in my life, I've tried to use an actual taxi service, and it, they were like, oh, it's going to be about an hour and a half before that's a driver terrible. can out, get out there. I'm like, Jesus. Where an Uber is like five minutes, yeah. six I'm, minutes. Look, I'm not taking I'm too Uber dangerous side. to drive for Uber, so I don't give them money anymore. Yeah, I don't, I don't care for Uber as a corporation. I only appreciate the fact that they did innovate 
in a space yeah. that desperately needed that innovation. But anyone can can enter that or should be able to enter these fields. And that's what licenses do is they keep out competition. They keep out the guys that don't have a lot of money. They keep out the poor people that just want to start their own business, maybe selling some cannabis out of their house or whatever. And, uh, and the point here that uh, Reason.com makes is the fact that unlicensed pot dealers continue to thrive in California is testimony to the ways in which the state has botched their legalization. Most local governments in California do not allow recreational sales at all, and even those that do frequently impose caps that artificially limit the supply, meaning caps on the number of businesses that can exist within a certain uh, area. Bureaucratic barriers, costly regulations, and high taxes are daunting deterrents for weed dealers who otherwise might be inclined to go legit. So it's just too much of a hassle for these people, or impossible, to acquire a license. And so they continue selling cannabis because that's what they know. They probably were selling it back when it was illegal across the state. And, you know, they try to do it legally and they they can't. Uh, We can talk more about the bureaucratic barriers to being legit in the cannabis industry and driving business underground where they're then targeted by the police. It's Free Talk Live. I've been told no in many different ways. I give you an order and you're going to obey it. Which order you can go this way? You can do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring signs into the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable me. here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Who do you think you Excuse are? me. There is no video or audio allowed in this no, I have work today. This is you ain't gonna make. Wait a minute. Now. Wait a minute. Holy Whoa! Hey! Oh my God! Unbelievable! Why are you running from me? Because you're scared. What am I being detained for? You'll be in What is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the wind. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. is free talk live we're talking about the situation with cannabis being partially illegal still in california and also every other state where it's been legalized and what i mean by that is people who are selling cannabis without asking for government permission are still committing felonies in those places and a recent story from reason.com is digging into what has been happening with uh, federal agencies like the irs and the fbi teaming up with local cops in california to bust people who just simply wanted to sell some plants some flowers uh, some naturally growing natural organic flowers yep uh, from their homes, I would guess. I mean, because it probably is difficult to rent a place and open up uh, your doors without. I, they don't. I don't know if they get into like what these stores were that they're talking about, or these illegal. Uh, what was the term there? Oh, illegal establishments. So I'm guessing they're people just selling out of their homes. 
But if you want to weigh in, maybe you are down there in California and you've seen some of these uh, these raids happen. Maybe you know some of the people who've been targeted. You're certainly welcome to join us here. Again, the number is 603-283-6160. Here tonight, by the way, it is Ian. Nobody. And Aria. And coming up in two days in Vegas, Freedom Fest is happening again. Uh, it's a huge event happening in uh, the Mirage in Las Vegas. Back in Vegas, by the way, it was uh, it went to South Dakota for last year since Vegas was insane with COVID crackdowns and South Dakota wasn't so much. Uh, but they've moved back to Vegas and they're going to be having the world, what they call the world's largest gathering of free minds, I would add, in a hotel uh, <laughs> to that because I'm sure. pretty sure Pork Fest hasn't beat at this point. Uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival sold out this year. Freedom Fest uh, still has tickets available, and you can get them for 50 bucks off their regular rate by using code FTL50. But it's a big event. There's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, but not 3,500 big or whatever the Porcupine Freedom Festival has. I heard the one I went to in 2019 was like over 2,000, though. So, I mean, it is oh, no okay. slouch. It is definitely a big event. Lots of people attending. Lots of great speakers like John Cleese, uh, Senator Rand Paul, Glenn Beck, Spike Cohen, Justin Amash, and many more. You can go to to freedomfest.com their conference theme this year is turning the tide our very own mark edge is going to be speaking about locating liberty and you'll be able to see everything from a film festival to various social events big debates world-class speakers the trade show for liberty and more once again freedomfest.com code ftl50 for 50 bucks off your tickets all right so going back here to the reason.com story about these quote-unquote illegal establishments in california that have been raided that have been taken down by state agencies and the feds uh so what they're pointing out here is that california is yeah they were one of the first states to legalize cannabis but they were also one of the worst systems well of course they're it's california that's what they do they if they have a good idea, they screw the they, uh, they screw it. up the implementation of it. Yeah, they uh, some governments locally because they allow local governments to decide. Oh yeah, we don't want cannabis sales here, so some of them don't even allow it at all. Others have a very small limit on the number of stores that can exist. So once they've got three or whatever or two, uh, that's it. And of course, you know those are going to their friends, right? Those licenses are going oh, to yeah. the buddies of the city council members. Bureaucratic barriers, high taxes, these are all deterrents for people that would otherwise decide to open their doors legally. So these burdens combined with local bans explain why unlicensed sales still account for two-thirds, almost two-thirds of the marijuana purchased in the state of California. I believe mm-hmm. it. I mean, when you screw it up as badly as California did, you're going to you're not eliminating the black market. No, not only are you not eliminating it, but you're giving it incentives to continue because you can sell the weed cheaper in the black market because you don't have to mm-hmm. ab- yep. apply for all these licenses. You don't have to jump through all the ridiculous hoops, have all the mandatory packaging, have all the inspections, all these these things cost money and that pushes the cost of the cannabis up. And the truth be told, as long as there are laws to break, I will buy my weed illegally because I just object to the idea that, oh, we're going to have a hundred year genocide against you people for smoking weed. And but no, now we've changed our mind. We're going to tell you how to do it right. And tax you and tax you. You Uh, know, because, you know, they didn't they didn't uh, ruin enough lives with what they were already doing. Yep. As a recent report from Reason Foundation, California has one licensed recreational outlet 
per 29,282 residents, compared to one per 13,800 some in Colorado and one per 6,145 in Oregon. So there's way more cannabis available to the average person in the other states because their regulatory schemes aren't as oppressive. They still are bad, but they're not as bad as California. It sounds like California did everything they could to avoid actually legalizing. I mean, they legalized it, sure, but they still made it as hard for people to get it as they possibly could have gotten away with. Worse, the report adds California's stores are distributed unevenly across the state, leading to massive cannabis deserts where, quote, consumers have no access to a legal retailer within a reasonable distance of their home, unquote. Instead of addressing the problems, California officials are cracking down on marijuana suppliers who fail to get the government's permission to sell pot, even when such permission is difficult or impossible to obtain. And they're waging that war on weed with help of federal agencies that view every marijuana business, licensed or not, as a criminal enterprise. That's funny, because I view every federal agency as a criminal criminal enterprise. Uh, I also did not license them. The Justice Department reports Sharam Shaikhan and Sabriana Williams pleaded guilty to participating in a marijuana distribution conspiracy. Shaikhan faces, quote, 40, That's just a conspiracy theory. 40 years in prison with a mandatory minimum sentence of five years and a $5 million fine. And the other uh, lady, uh, $5 Williams, million dollars is well beyond the ability of most people to ever pay back. They know that. That makes you a slave to the state for the rest of your life beyond normal taxation. Quote, uh, the other woman faces 20 years in prison and a $1 million fine. Their convictions were part of, quote, an ongoing investigation by federal and state authorities targeting unlicensed illegal marijuana dispensaries throughout Southern California. So They can drop the illegal part. I mean, it's just unlicensed at this point. And being unlicensed is what made them illegal. I, I, I want them to be more upfront about that, more honest about it. They won't of- be. I know, but this is the Federal Department of uh, Justice. I know, but the only thing these people did was not have a license. Yeah, they didn't rip anybody off. Nobody said that they stole from them or murdered them or held them hostage or something like that. But yet this guy is facing 40 years and his associate 20 years in in federal prison. At the same time, the very same government agencies or the, the very same government gang in the federal government gang has been complaining about a woman being arrested in Russia for possession of vape cartridges. Did you hear about this Pot, one? Meat, yeah, I, I noticed that too. It's it's like, is, is is that okay now so long as you're in Russia? Yeah, they're apparently trying to, you know, negotiate a thing for her or whatever. They, they are upset that this WMD MBA person has been arrested in Russia and like, okay, well, yeah, that's great that you care about this person, but what about the thousands, tens of thousands of people who are sitting in prison cells operated by the very same criminal enterprise, the federal government, for the same exact things, for having or selling vape cartridges? Because that's true. There are people in prison for that. They're trying to put this guy away for 40 years for selling probably some vape cartridges or some flowers. 
just for not having a license. That's all it comes down to. From 2019 to 2020, the Justice Department says that, quote, Shikin and Williams, along with others, operated an unlicensed, illegal marijuana business known as Canaland, which functioned primarily as a wholesale supplier. Okay, so they did actually go, like, openly operate as a wholesale supplier of marijuana and marijuana products to unlicensed and illegal marijuana dispensaries in Southern California. Additionally, Canaland operated as an unlicensed, illegal marijuana dispensary in its own right, serving individual customers. So how dare they? How dare they acquire plants and sell them to voluntarily operating individuals and businesses? They should go to prison. Does anyone actually believe this? Does anyone out there listening to the show, besides our federal agents listening, actually believe in this? And and even you guys, do you believe in this? It's free talk. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Bring up whatever you want. Something I think we should cover uh, tonight, if we get the chance, is this new Hunter Biden leak. Not the laptop that got delivered to the computer repair center that he forgot about because he's, you know, on crack or whatever and just (laughs) totally forgot that he left his laptop there. Uh, well, I mean, he's a spoiled son of a president, absolutely. right? Absolutely. Millions of dollars mean nothing to him. He took his laptop to a repair shop. He for, he forgot about it. Yes, because he's on crack, but also because daddy just will buy him a, buy new, him a laptop. new laptop. What's um, the matter to him? And it may not be daddy. It may actually be Hunter Biden uh, that's sort of making a lot of the money, apparently, for the family is what I saw the other night. But The Ukraine will buy him another laptop yeah. if he gets daddy to send him another few billion. With the millions uh, that he's been getting paid, uh, tens of millions from the Ukrainian power company, I think it was, or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, and now there's well, a war in Ukraine. That and uh, five million from the wife of the mayor of Moscow. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he got, he got paid off by a lot of people. Um, interestingly enough, one of the things that he was investing in, uh, in the Ukraine was biolabs, the mm. biolabs that they first denied that, uh, the, uh, first they denied they existed and then they said, oh yeah, we're actually running those to get rid of some Soviet era bioweapons. And it's like Soviet era bioweapons. So you've been Run those things for 20 years? Have you made any progress at all? <laughs> hmm. uh, apparently the 4chan people got into Hunter Biden's iCloud account, which for those that don't know, uh, if you have an iPhone or some other iDevice, a Mac or something like that, then you can connect your device to this iCloud. And I think they probably do it by default. I, I've never had one of these things, but I'm pretty sure it's a popular thing. And then just back up everything to the iCloud. So photos, videos, whatever. Which is a terrible idea. Uh, it's it, not very secure. It, yeah. It's what has the back door in it that allows the FBI. Because there, there was this issue a number of years ago about Apple refusing to um, decrypt their phones for the FBI. That's right, yeah. So what they ended up doing instead. After shooting. Yes. What they ended up doing instead was they don't decrypt, they don't encrypt these backups. Mm. So these backups that are on iCloud, mm. they can turn over to the FBI because uh-huh. they're not encrypted. Your Sneaky. phone is still mm. encrypted, but that backup is not. Well, also, Apple has been uh, 
talking about, I don't know if they're doing it yet, scanning users' phones for kiddie porn. Yep. That's, which, uh, they've been talking about it, but I mean, that's going to... That's a bad thing, but if they can scan it for kiddie porn, they can scan it for anything. That's right. And if they can, if, if they can scan it, they then they can get a subpoena to scan it. Yeah, but... That's going to lead to problems for people like Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. So no, I'm not sure well, they're going to be on the white list. I mean, good God, this uh, this Maxwell woman is going to prison for 20 years to pimping out kids to nobody. <laughs> not me, the other one. Um, so so uh, anyway, they got into like 500 gigabytes, apparently, of data on Hunter's iCloud. They apparently downloaded that is thing. a lot of photos and videos. Yeah. And they apparently downloaded this and are sharing a torrent. I hope they covered up their tracks well because heads are going to roll over this. Well, some people are worried about downloading it because they're worried about what this guy's got in on his that's iPhone. Also, I well, that's the other thing is you're not on the white list, so there's right. a lot. There could They'll be a, lo- a wide variety of things on there that Hunter Biden will never never go to prison for, right. but, but you, you might. Yeah, exactly. So it's going to be interesting to learn more about the this. The FBI has some competition. It sounds like for that being the world's largest distributor of child, child porn, porn title. It'll be interesting now to see how this develops, though. U-Torrent or you know, whatever. What's going to come out, uh, what uh, files will be released. They've already released something that, you know, some obviously people are claiming, oh, it's fake. And we don't know because we haven't looked through the files ourselves. And even those could I'm be- not going to. It, it's, it's not worth it to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. But so we kind of just have to, you know, whether you believe this or not, that what they're saying is, is that in Hunter Biden's uh, messaging, right? So the messaging app, just SMS, right? In this SMS app, they have you get the conversations with the names on them, right? That you're having with people. Some Good Lord, he was backing up his chats. I think what they did was they, maybe it must have been. Anyway, maybe this thing was completely fabricated. I don't know, The son Arya. of the president should have more tech knowledge than to back up his text messaging to iCloud. But supposedly... Uh, Presidenting isn't really that technically demanding a business. Yeah, people. I said should. I didn't say would. So here's the big the big reveal so far from this 500 gigabytes of data. Besides more apparently video and or pictures of Hunter Biden buying crack and his penis or or whatever. uh, Besides what you would expect to be found on this data. There were messages that were being had with someone by the name of Pedo Peter, as in pedophile, P-E-D-O, Pedo Peter, and Jill Biden with Hunter Biden. So the theory is that Pedo Peter is Joe Biden, but like under a pseudonym, right? Like that he saved his dad's number into his phone as Pedo Peter. Now, whether that's true or not... It should be not, fairly easy to determine whether or not that is true, though. I mean... Unless his dad, Joe Biden, is using multiple phone numbers and multiple cell phones, which doesn't seem possible for Joe Biden. I mean, he's a bit clueless. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, it seems impossible for for Joe Biden to actually accomplish that. But on the other hand, they're into a lot of illegal stuff. 
Uh, yeah, so. but Joe Biden, the guy who talks about kids stroking his leg hair, you, I don't believe for a minute that he he yeah. would be able to. Oh no, I well, can't send can't that re- text message. This isn't yeah. my this isn't my child porn phone. I need my official phone <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. This is Joe Biden we're talking about. He well, he would have made a mistake at some point. He can't remember not to molest children when the cameras are right. running. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's video. Of course, a lot of this came out before the uh, the election, but people voted for him anyway. Literal video of him well, sniffing. It, it was Russian children. disinformation, you know. But uh, they were. It was JoeBiden.info. Like yeah. That that was the website. I imagine it still exists. I don't care if the Russians put it up. It's real. It seemed real video to me. And it's all really cringy. Yeah, it's let's, disgusting stuff. Let's go on here. We got uh, Olivia. But if you want to look into deeper deeper into this hashtag pedo peter on twitter right now there's it's there's a lot of posts about this anyway okay, i can use twitter go ahead olivia in arizona hey. yeah hey so uh i was researching ross ulbrich because you guys mention him pretty regularly yeah and the creator of the silk um, road the underground uh drug marketplace that is now face is now spending uh two life sentences plus 40 years in federal prison for making a website that ross ulbrich yes and not not just him, but there's actually a, a group photo on his website of uh, other people who are serving life sentences for nonviolent drug offenses, including mm. a guy in a wheelchair, of all things. Uh, real danger to society there. Yep. Um, and I thought this was really interesting. Every day at 10 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern time, they set a clock and they all sit together and um, take a few moments to pray or to visualize uh Ross and the other nonviolent prisoners walking free. And I thought, you know, that's a really, I really believe in the power of that. And I think it would be really awesome if all the listeners out there, just when the show goes off tonight and, and every night, you know, to just visualize him and these other uh, victims of the, the victimless crime, um, war on victimless crime, to uh, see them going free and, and, rejoining their families who miss them and love them very much. Yeah, it's a beautiful vision, and I hope that someday some sort of compassion can be brought to those people and they can be be released from this insane system. Oh, one other thing. Yeah. Um, he also makes really amazing art. Like, yeah, he's quite he an does. artist. And he, he sells those, uh, he sells pictures, like print, well, not him, but whoever's running his website sells prints of his art. I think the the Shire Free Church needs at least one of those to hang up, so I might donate one to the church at some point. <laughs> cool. FreeRoss.org, I imagine, is the website you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. It's, yes. A, it's a crazy Prime story for, for listeners out there that aren't familiar with it. They're, it's a deep, insane, just mess of a story. And, and it only federal... gets more insane the deeper you get into yeah, it. Like the, they... the corruption from the feds yeah. and all of that. And the, the court the, with the judge that just wouldn't even allow the defense to put on a case— I mean, the whole thing was was corrupt from top to bottom, and this poor this poor young guy is in prison for now almost a decade of his life, and will be spending the rest of his life there uh, unless, as you say, Olivia, something changes or the government falls. Well, okay, that's something changing. Yeah, that that would be a big change. Olivia, anything else you want to share? No, I think that's good. Thank Thanks you. for calling about Ross. Definitely appreciate hearing from you. And sadly, I think the collapse of the U.S. government is probably the, mo- the most likely of the possible scenarios that would lead to Ross being free. The, the otherwise a compassionate president to pardon him? Never man, that seems unlikely. You don't get elected president if you have compassion. Great point. But uh, the collapse of the U.S., a bit more likely. Hopefully it'll be in our, li- in our lifetime. There's more coming up here in moments. 603-283-6160. You can join us and share your thoughts. This is Free Talk Live.
Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the third hour here, and as always, you're invited if you want to join us. Number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Aria. You can join us online anytime you want. Just go to freetalklive.com and you can grab archives there. You can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners on our social media, on our chat server, and more. Just go to freetalklive.com to do that. In the last hour, we started a story from Reason.com. Got a lot of conversations uh, started about the continuing war on cannabis that is going on in California, where a lot of people would say, what do you mean? Cannabis is legal there. And it is with many restrictions. Some cities don't even allow cannabis sales. Cannabis is legal. Being unlicensed is not nope and it's gonna get you 40 or 20 some years in prison according to the justice department having arrested people for running a business called canaland a man named shahram shaikhan and sabriana williams are facing decades in prison and millions of dollars in fines for simply selling a plant selling some flowers selling probably some oils and things like that to both wholesalers uh, to retail stores and also to uh, to individuals, direct sales. And the feds and the local cops went in there and acted like these people were somehow criminals and that there's somehow some sort of danger to the things that they were doing. The same old drug war propaganda. Well, there is a danger. They can put you in prison for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think but that's, that's not what, what they, they mean when they say danger. No, that's uh, they, they're trying to make people that are just seeing the news think that people who are selling weed without permission slips are dangerous and it's risky to buy from them. They only want you to buy from the legal stores. But interestingly, the studies uh, have been done that show that Californians that buy cannabis, roughly two thirds of them do not buy from legal establishments. Roughly two thirds of the marijuana sold in california is sold still on the black market and rather than accept that as evidence of the failure of the system that they've created and a need to lessen the restrictions a need to lower the barriers to entry and of course i would think they should abolish them entirely but we're talking about california here and we know that's never going to happen there uh but no they've not done that at all instead they're doubling down cracking down and arresting peaceful people well of Uh, course i mean that's what the government does and again, it's, it all ultimately just comes down to the fact that these people, this couple, started their business and did not have the government's permission. That's it. Cannabis is legal there. The FBI, the federal government, they're not enforcing cannabis laws in the state of California where it's legal. They're not doing any of that. However, if you don't have that business permission, if you don't have that little business, what am I, what, permission slip yeah. is the word I'm looking for. They're going to arrest you and threaten this guy with 40 years in prison or 20 years for his partner. And they go on. They talk about another person here. I'm just going to skip down the story uh, a ways because there's just but there's plenty of examples of this happening. It isn't just these two people. There's another guy named Lance Kachi who admitted to operating multiple unlicensed illegal marijuana dispensers. So they all took plea deals. Of course. Uh, to show you, us- you never want to do that. 
To show us how nefarious Mr. Kachi's activities were, the Justice Department emphasizes he took in lots of cash. Kashi and his co-conspirators grossed millions of cash dollars. Cash is their currency. They don't get to say that there's something shady about accepting their currency as but payment. Just like they're well, trying even to, a stopped clock is right twice a day. Just like they're trying to do in the Crypto 6 case, Arya, just the fact that a lot of money was involved is presented to people as, well, they must have been doing something wrong. You can't make money unless you're corrupt or a bad person. Or you're doing right? something or useful to society. People. What was that, nobody? Or one of the special people. Some people are allowed to make money. Sure. But... Uh, the ones that have government permission yeah, slips. Yeah, you have to be related to the Bidens or the Clintons or... Uh, or the Bushes. Several times yeah. a week, they said about him that he and others would meet at various hotels, where they would spend hours counting hundreds of thousands of dollars in dispensary proceeds using automated money counters. Before leaving the room with bags of money, the defendants would pack up their money counters, as well as the various notes they took to account for their profits and expenses, such as the cost of armed security. He observes that uh, primary motivation of drug traffickers is greed. <laughs> That's the primary motivation for every human being who's ever existed, first of all. But second, what, what did these guys, they sold some pot. And, yeah. uh, oh no, they, they got cash for doing that. So they're criminals. This is, this is slander. A profit motive, as uh, Reason points out, is by no means unique to unlicensed marijuana businesses and neither are bags of money. Due to the dearth of banking services, duly licensed pot dealers in California and other states commonly operate this way, meaning that... Bankers don't want to do business with marijuana well, dealers. It's not just that they don't want to, but they can be prosecuted in the federal system. They're afraid to. And they can lose yeah. their banking license, which yeah. that's what makes them the special people who are allowed to make money. In the same way that bankers don't want to deal with Bitcoin-related businesses, because they're afraid of what the federal government gang might do to them. Also, sex uh, workers. I think in the case of Bitcoin, it's more that they're afraid what, of what Bitcoin's going to do to them. Well, I mean, that could very well be true, but it is definitely a concern. Uh, we did talk to one uh, bank president here in the Keene area, and uh, this was you know, long before the Crypto 6 raid. It was a, a meeting that uh, Chris Reitman and I had with a local bank president who expressed that, yeah, I mean, if they, if they don't understand mm. uh, you know, what wire transfers are for, then they just don't feel comfortable doing it because the feds can find them. They can par- They can prosecute them. Doesn't and matter if it's illegal or not. It makes them. It makes their stomach feels feel funny, and they don't like it. Kennedy claims these operations posed a threat to our youth. While unauthorized pot shops may be less punctilious about checking customers' IDs than licensed retailers are, the Justice Department's announcement doesn't include any allegations of distribution to minors. The closest it comes is a complaint that quote many unlicensed pot stores have opened up near our schools. You know what's a threat to our youth? Prison. The school system. That, that too. too. Uh, Kennedy also says, quote, illegal marijuana dispensaries have been responsible for numerous complaints by our community members, unquote, though she doesn't specify the nature of those complaints. And so they 20- don't like see- They're muscling businesses- in on their territory. I mean, all the complaints are coming from, uh, from surely the, the licensed businesses. From yeah. the, 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 the privileged businesses. Yeah. Almost a guarantee. Uh, so anyway, it, it, it of course goes on with with other examples. I'll post the full story for you if you want to take a look at it. Over. So these people basically did nothing wrong. No, Again, they never hurt all, anybody. It all comes down to the fact that they did not have the government permission slip. 
and now their now their lives are destroyed. They're facing millions of dollars in fines and decades in prison for not having their paperwork in order and not not bowing to the king and demanding permission from the crown or begging permission from the crown rather. Uh, the final statement here from the Justice Department implies that unlicensed marijuana dealers pose a special threat to public safety. It complains the federal government is not getting its cut of the profits. Quote, all the various defendants admitted that they had an obligation to report their income to the IRS, as well as pay taxes on any income derived from these illegal businesses, which they failed to do. And uh, as compensation, the defendants, quote, agreed to forfeit seized cash, which currently exceeds $5 million. Always, always remember to pay the government for security services because otherwise they become their la- your landlord and they're even worse at providing housing than they are at providing security. So all of these people, it does sound like they took a plea uh, in this case and it that's, sounds... That's sad. Sounds as though they are still awaiting sentencing at this point. So we don't know if they're going to get 40 years. I presume it seems unlikely. They were promised something lower in return for taking that plea deal and admitting that they did something quote-unquote wrong rather than going and risking going in front of a jury of their supposed peers, which, of course, we know they do their best to stack the jury with a bunch of status and sure. people that love the government. Uh, so, again, I don't blame anybody for, for taking a plea, but it would seem to me like if you're selling cannabis, one of the best places to take a case to trial would be a state in which it's legal because then at the very least you know that on the jury... The odds are somebody there voted for that. Somebody on that jury said, this war on drugs is stupid. We ought to legalize this. But they didn't. They took the plea. Our, uh, more coming up here in moments. The number is 603-283-6160. Uh, nobody, you mentioned Russian propaganda earlier tonight. And, Arya, you've got an update from Russia. What's going on with old Putin out there? They're saying he doesn't want to be called president anymore. What's the new title going to be? We'll get into it. 603-283-6160. You can join us here on Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Join us on the phones. The number is 603-283-6160. Or you can join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. Once again, if you want to get on the air with us here tonight, 603-283-6160. Whether you want to talk about the same war on cannabis that continues in states like California and Colorado and elsewhere. They just reported on California, but you know they're still arresting unlicensed dealers in those other places. Oh, yeah. Uh, with you tonight, it is Ian. Nobody. And Aria. Aria, you had a story tonight that you wanted to get into, and we're going to do that about uh, Putin and what he wants to be called now instead of president. Uh, but first, I do want to let you know about the upcoming event that's happening in October, the Free Cities Foundation's annual conference. It's called Liberty in Our Lifetime. And it's happening October 21st through the 23rd in the beautiful city of Prague. Our very own Mark Edge is going to be speaking at that event. And you can join him out there for an event-themed Parallel Structures for Progress, where they're going to be showcasing autonomous cities and intentional communities that are springing up around the world, helping people find alternatives for better ways to learn, educate their children, and invest in the future. You can get a discount 20% off of the tickets by using code FTL20 when you check out through LifetimeLiberty.com, code FTL20, and you can go meet Mark in Prague October 21st through the 23rd. Again, LifetimeLiberty.com with code FTL20. So what's going on uh, with Putin there, are you? 
Well, he doesn't want to be called. Pre- well, it, it suggests that he doesn't want to be called president, but he didn't actually do this. Anyway, the Liberal Democratic Party has proposed the use of Pravitel, a Russian title, as it is more befitting of Putin's status and role as opposed to calling Putin the president. The right wing party, that's the Liberal Democratic Party, has only 22 seats in Russia's 450 seat parliament. But it has close ties to the Kremlin and is often used by the government to float engaged public support for radical ideas. I see. So they're, they're moving the Overton window, yes. as it's called. Russian media quoted the LDP, LDPR as saying the term president was first used at the end of the 18th century in the United States and much later spread throughout the world. In our country, by historical standards, this is generally a new word, the Telegraph reports. I mean, why not just call him the czar or whatever? Mm-hmm. Bring that one back. Yeah, wouldn't that be more historically accurate for Russia? The commissar. The anti-West sentiment follows the national mood in Russia, which is being pushed by the Kremlin to counter sanctions placed on it since its invasion of Ukraine. Vladimir Zirinovsky, the leader of the LDPR, died in April. He was an arch-nationalist and close to Putin. And he went to his, and Putin went to his funeral, apparently. As well as supporting the Kremlin's invasion of Ukraine, Zirinovsky wanted Russia to reclaim northern Kazakhstan. Uh, of course, the title of uh, Pravitel, I, I don't know why the, I don't know why the Metro decided to give me all that background information about this Stiller. random dude. Yeah. But the t- before, and then they jump right back into the main story here. Mm-hmm. The, the title of Pravitel or ruler has a deep history in Russia. The Romanov family ruled the nation as Tsars, as we just pointed about, with near total power for nearly three centuries. Tsar can carry a similar meaning to Pravatel, but is more commonly known as emperor. In Mm. contrast, president with its connotations of democracy only came into use in Russia towards the end of the Soviet Union, when Mikhail Gorbachev was briefly referred to as president of the USSR. What was his other title? Just I don't know. Oh, here it is. Previously, good for them. They did something right. Previously, Soviet leaders had been the Communist Party chairman or general secretary. Mm. Putin's critics have said that he already has total power in Russia and rules like an autocratic czar. So to them, Pravitel is more fitting based on how Putin... You know, actually rules. I like the. Don't idea. they? They at least have like the semblance of elections there, though. They do, but then he like throw the opposition leader in prison or something. It's just like they did in Ukraine. They did that as in well. Ukraine. I know that, but I'm. It wouldn't surprise me if Putin did the same thing. I'm pretty in sure he did the same thing in Russia. Okay. I like this word "provatel" because it it's means, okay when it happens in Ukraine, though. Yes. Well, it's okay to the Americans. <laughs> yeah. When they outlaw, literally outlaw the uh, opposition parties. Yes. They did that. They did that in Ukraine, yeah. yes, and and no one really cried out. But I like Pravitel. It means our ruler, and ruler is a lot more, more accurate, accurate than you know president and leader, and because that's what they call uh, Kim Kim Jong Il or Kim Jong Un, whichever it is now. It's dear mm-hmm. leader, and that's what people in the United States and in the West in general refer to their politicians as. Well, Joe Biden's our leader, or whatever, Pravitel or our Biden. Poli- yeah, our politicians are <laughs> no leaders. <wonder> we're lost. <laughs> I'm like, let's be honest about this and call these people our rulers. Mm-hmm. And that that's what they that's are. What so they are. good for Russia for being honest, at least on that note. Well, they haven't officially done this, right? Like this is True. just being floated to see what the people will think. It was floated it. by the Liberal Democratic Party, which mm-hmm. is a right wing party in Russia. Yeah, things get confusing <laughs> in, you know, in other places. I mean, they're all status. I doubt they have a they're left wing. Right wing here, too. Mm-hmm. I mean Sure. Well, they they don't call themselves 
the liberal Democratic Party. To, to me, that's the sign that something is wrong, right? Like, the Republicans aren't Republicans. The Democrats aren't Democrats. That's all very true. But when they go overboard and it's like the Democratic People's Republic or whatever, yeah. that's when you know that they're they're just signaling the exact opposite of what it actually is. Like, the liberal Democratic People's Party or whatever it's called, it's neither liberal nor Democratic. Just look at their actions, right? All of yeah. that stuff is just words. And actions speak way louder than words. And all you have to do is look at what these people are doing, oppressing their own people. And again, we're talking about all these places, Ukraine, Russia, North Korea, the United States, all that's different between these plots of land and the criminal enterprises that rule over them is simply degrees. Yep. That's all that's different. Yeah. You and have the freedom that- to complain on this plot of land generally. And often it's not even a difference in degrees, it's just a different in perspective of the victims, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the the Russian government is every bit as bad as the United States government. The United States government is every bit as bad as the Russian government. You you may have certain other freedoms here that you don't have over there. I, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, how freedom really stacks up against one another. But Americans are never going to recognize that their government is as evil as the Russian government, and the Russian government is never going to recognize that their government is as evil as the American government. It doesn't You're matter right. how oppressed they are. No one wants to be wrong. Yeah. It's just, you know, they're they're Patriots fans, and they love the Patriots, and they're fighting for that team all the way, and they don't really care that, you know, they're not a team worth cheering for. And I don't know anything about the Patriots beyond the fact that they're a team, but that's what, that's what we have here in the world. The, the loyalty people have to the United States government is fundamentally no different from the, the loyalty mentality. people have. Yeah. And they have no better basis for having faith in the U.S. government either, except that it's their team, so therefore it can't do any wrong. Well, I've always thought that sports was kind of a warm-up for nationalism. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's not to say that they can't admit that something wrong has happened, right? Last week we talked about the percentages of people and uh, in the United States and their, I think it was their... Not belief, but their confidence, I think was the word, confidence in uh, institutions like the court system and the so-called Supreme Court and the the president and Congress and even like big business and things like that, uh, organized religion. These numbers are going down. So people can admit that something is wrong, but I think that they would never admit that things are are bad here compared to elsewhere. They'll still say, oh, well, America's free, a free yeah. place or, or whatever, even though we don't even hear people saying that that much anymore. Well, apart from Edge, I'd, there aren't too many people arguing that it, that it is better anywhere else. I mean, the whole, mm-hmm. the whole world is a giant open-air prison. It's a cesspool of uh, people that are being oppressed in various different ways. And you mentioned Edge, Mark Edge, our co-host, who's been promoting this Move to Honduras project, which, by the way, got some press recently. Oh, yeah? Uh, and it isn't good. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Ian, nobody, and Aria in the studio here tonight. I want to say thank you, by the way, to Free Talk Live supporters of our AMPS program. It's the AMPS Patreon. You can go to amps.freetalklive.com, A-M-P-S dot freetalklive.com. Folks like Ryan, uh, Ryan Walsh, who is a Free Talk Live Silver Level supporter, 
Meaning that Ryan is contributing uh, the $5 per month that we ask over at amps.freetalklive.com to help us advertise, market, promote, and support the show. So if you like what we do here and you want to help us out, we definitely appreciate it. And you get some cool benefits from doing that. Uh, just go to amps.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones here. I think we got Peakless Mountaineer on the line. Are you there with us? I am. All right, we have you. What's on your mind? Well, I just wanted to give a quick heads up for the things that are happening in money this week. Oh, yeah. What's going so on? on uh, yeah, on Wednesday, we've got the new CPI numbers, uh, the uh, inflation numbers officially coming out. What was it last then, month? 8.6%? Uh, yep. Okay. Yep. Which, uh, I mean, it was only a couple of, like, tenths of a percent uh, above what was expected, but uh, they, they still tend to freak out when that happens. So depending on what that is, and, and then the day after is when the Fed announces what their uh, percentage rate hike is going to be. Mm. So depending on what those two things are, the, the market could just suddenly go up or suddenly go down. And I just kind of wanted to give everyone a heads up uh, not to lose their minds if that does happen. Do you have any predictions? I mean, we've certainly seen the prices or uh, not the prices, but the markets and uh, housing are being affected because the Fed has raised its uh, its CP or whatever they call them, the basis points, I think is what they call it. Uh, they raised those uh, back last month, was it? And they also raised them earlier this year. And so mortgages are getting more expensive now. So even though there's been a crazy buying frenzy in the market in the last year and a half or so uh, due to the COVID crackdowns and people migrating, uh, fewer people are going to start getting mortgages because the rates are getting out of control, right? Yeah, now that the rates are getting out of control, the houses are staying on the market for half a second because they were not staying on the market for any time at all just recently. Yeah, um, not only are they staying on the market, I saw a post yesterday about it, the very least the Austin, Texas housing market, and I don't know which of if this is happening in other markets, I don't know. Uh, but somebody who is out there in that marketplace says that Austin's uh, housing inventory, the amount of houses that are available to purchase right now in the market, is at a record high for the last five years, it looks like. And wow. Not just a record high, but like it looked like 2x or 3x, like a huge increase over what the previous uh, record was. So there's a ton of properties mm-hmm. on the market, and, and no one's buying them now. Well, it's harder for them to buy yeah, them now. A lot, right. Yeah, a lot of that just has to do with the, uh, I mean, so they went from 0% to now they're at 1.5%. And, you know, every time it goes through another filter, they add on another chunk of that. So you get a multiple of that when you actually try and get a mortgage for these things. Hmm. So, and, and let's not forget now, that, you know, having these low, easy-to-get mortgages is what caused the housing recession in, in 2007 as well. So mm-hmm. they, they, they well, just sort of uh, done the opposite of that. Well, and uh, in particular, they were instructed to uh, ignore certain criteria. So they're like, okay, if you want us to be unsafe with loans, we're happy to do it. The... The mortgage issue was kind of the proximate cause, but the actual cause was that conditions made it actually rational to offer loans to people who you knew would not pay. Mm -hmm. Um, The old saying was, if you could fog a mirror, the bank would give you a loan. Right. And it makes sense when you consider that 
basically if you gave a, if you gave a mortgage to a guy who you knew wasn't going to pay, well, you got a house. And by the time you got it, it was worth twice what you lent the guy to buy it. Uh, so, so basically, it. exactly. So so you flip it. But when the market dried and, up. And basically, he was he was your bird dog for, uh, for investment properties. Mm-hmm. You know, he put some liquidity in for a while and maybe some sweat equity. And then when he was and done putting liquidity it. in, you just took it. That's a great point. But then the market dried up and then the houses were no longer doubling in value. They were going down. In value. Yeah. Well, well, that's that's the problem with speculative markets. They they go both ways. Anything else, uh, Peekless, you want well, to Not that there's anything wrong um, with that. Yeah, two, two things. Uh, <laughs> since you bring up the 2008 crash, I figure one of the big things that happened was that uh, for some strange reason, there was one big player that didn't get bailed out. And like that freaked everyone out they're like what no you always bail these guys out all of them all the time i wonder who they pissed off Hmm? i wonder who bear stearns pissed off and how right did 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 they not did did they not provide did they not provide their quota of children to the right people or uh (laughs) (laughs) and the final point um yeah uh just uh as far as predictions i that they might actually be doubling the, uh, the percentage increase, which is going to take a lot of people by surprise. Whoa, whoa, whoa. hold on. When you say percentage by, uh, increase, you're talking about the basis points, not the CPI. Yep. Okay, just to clear. Right. <laughs> be right. clear. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. The, uh, the inflation is not going to double, I don't think, uh, for a while. Um, but no, the, the percentage in point, uh, point increase might, uh, they might go up by a uh, point and a half, like a full percentage Whoa. and a half increase, which I think would take a lot of people off guard. That's like but unprecedented, so right? That's a that's a, a level that we haven't seen in many many years. Yep. Okay. Uh, How is. much did they increase and it I in eighty two? People off guard. Um, I mean, it is possible that the CPI will be just right, and they're like, "Hey, we don't have to put a huge increase here." But they but, may still uh, do an increase yeah, anyway. No. Either way, it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting to watch it. I'm sure you'll have some analysis for us this weekend when you come in on uh, Saturday uh, night. So, oh, yeah. thank you for the call, Peakless Mountaineer. I appreciate hearing from you. I, I do appreciate people that pay attention to those markets and, and understand them and can express them in a way that's actually accessible. And he's one of the, the few people that I can actually follow when he talks about those things because... Man, normally when it comes to financial stuff, my eyes just glaze over and it's just so hard to to get into it. Well, they have a lot of terms that they like to use that are effectively meaningless, but they obfuscate what they're saying to the extent that, you know, your eyes are supposed to glaze over Mm -hmm. when a politician, a bureaucrat talks to you, talks at you about the CPI index and the the fifth quarterly, which would be nonsense, right? But this is what they do anyway, the, the fifth quarterly increase to the decreased you're yeah, supposed to tune that out. Well, right? there, so, there's there's a lot of people who make much better use of that information than than politicians. Right, but um, we require people to be able to take that garbage and translate it into human so that sure we can help. understand it. They don't teach you this stuff in school. No. I mean, you're lucky if you learn how to balance a checkbook at a government school. Or learn what a credit card is and how it works. And they don't even teach that, I don't even, think, these days. Even home economics used to actually teach 
a lot of things besides cooking and sewing. He used to teach about the economics of running a household. That's how it got its name. Well, the parents Um, should be doing that, realistically. But parents abdicate their responsibility to the government A lot of the parents don't know. Well, well, that's because know. at some point someone stopped teaching them. They're not paying any yeah. attention to their to their children and what they're learning. They yeah. just figure, oh, well, the government's got it. Now, some of these parents, I remember we talked about it during COVID, so they, they had no idea that like in November or December, whatever month that was, these kids were being forced to eat outside on the playground, their, their oh, lunches. God. I mean, they, they had no idea. They had no idea what was going on at their kids' schools. Right, so they don't know what's in the curriculum. They, they pick up their kids not. and go, how was your kid? How was your day? And the kid goes, fine. Well, that was actually one of the side benefits, if there was one, of the forced kids stay home school thing that they did yeah. the remote learning because parents, some of them were, were also at home. And so they actually encountered some of the curriculum for the first time ever. And they were surprised by it mm-hmm. and upset by it. But the other benefit is they weren't going to get shot at home. That is a Benny, no doubt. All right, there's more coming up here in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live. We'll look at the news coverage of this migration of crypto people to Honduras coming up. Open if you want to join us, the number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. Ian, nobody, and Aria in the studio tonight. You can join us online, of course, over at freetalklive.com. And if you want to chat with other listeners of the show and people who hate the show, you can go to our <laughs> chat server over at chat.freetalklive.com. It's a matrix chat server, that means it's open source, self hosted. And uh, you can actually create whatever room you want to. There's no restriction on users making rooms on the server. This is completely different from Discord, by the way, where Discord is totally centrally managed by the Discord Corporation and by whoever it is that sets up the quote-unquote server uh, with Discord here. If you want to create a room, there's a topic or something, some sort of issue or whatever the room name you want it to be for the purpose you want it to be for. You can set it up. You can administer the thing, kick out the people you don't like or whatever. It's totally up to you. To be fair, I, I don't think they hate the show, right? I think they really like Free Talk Live. They hate you and they hate me. <laughs> some of them. <laughs> but they hate. love Mark Edge. Uh, yeah, that's true. They love Nobody. The, okay. They love they're just Captain. trying to be edgy. <laughs> they're, well, they're not very good at it. <laughs> Some are better than others. Yeah, uh, but none of them are good. It's it's fun stuff. Check it out at chat.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Jack. He's in Washington State. Go ahead, Jack. I was going to bring Hunter up, but I thought about California and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, marijuana should be... I live in Washington, so uh, Washington State, where I can walk to a, a dispensary right now. You know, Probably take me an hour, honestly, but still, I'm a slow walker. Okay, how, how much you been but, uh, smoking? It should be like fruits and ve- it should be like fruit. Yeah, most of them. It's like fruits and vegetables. It should be like fruits and vegetables in California and everywhere. You know, I mean, if you want to grow but, a pot in your backyard, just like I'm growing tomatoes, you, exactly. It's insane to me that you, you you don't have that right. It is, and it it's. Uh, it's it's so amazing. The government is so corrupt at this point. Like I am speechless. Do you know people who still buy cannabis through black market dealers in Washington State? Uh, no, 
but like you brought up California. Now, ironically, if you live in Weed, California, that's a real town, <laughs> uh, you have to probably buy a black market. Mm-hmm. Now, if you live downtown LA, you know, you can just walk to your, you know, local weed store. Right. So I think, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, I grew up my whole life, you know, in high school. It's just everywhere. It was in shop class and home economics. I mean, that was a good place to get uh, get the herb. All right, Jack, anything else you want to share? Oh, just that uh, I have actually seen the Hunter stuff, and it's probably really? something you guys want to stay away from. Hold on, just to clarify, yeah. you've seen the new Hunter stuff or the stuff from yeah. the laptop? I've seen 20 or 30 things, yeah, and I don't know if you guys want to talk about this. Well, as long as you can talk about it on broadcast radio without being too explicit, then you can talk about it. We don't mind if you get arrested. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I want to be safe. But, yeah, he's got his uh, uh, Brussels sprouts hanging out in a lot of the pictures Mm -hmm. uh, with uh, um, ladies of the night. Right. um, Laying out things, chemicals like crack. Crack cocaine. Yep. Yeah. I mean, all of that's um, not objectionable to me at all. Yeah, so, like, so, good for far, so far I've done all that stuff. So Yeah, I have too. But he, he's still a spoiled little brat because I wasn't able to do it as freely as he was. I had to, like, you know, save my money and <laughs> wait for the right Saturday night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I got to agree with uh, Arya's point here. It's like, okay, well, you know, we think the war on drugs should end. So clearly that's not something that those of us on this show really care about but the Mm -hmm. fact is his dad is a drug warrior his dad was one of the architects of the uh the crime bill or whatever in the 1990s i mean this guy that specifically targeted crack yeah this guy is one of the worst out there yeah stop and frisk sure uh i mean he is absolutely one of the worst people as far as cracking down on raves i think wasn't biden or no that was lieberman uh biden probably supported it too but i'm sure he did uh i mean these people are terrible and they put people behind bars but behind prison bars right now prosecuting uh, peaceful people from california for selling cannabis while this tool uh hunter biden is just flaunting about with all these floozies and drugs and it's like no one's going to prosecute him I would yeah, suggest that crack is something that should be avoided, but uh, I yeah. still don't want him to be prosecuted for that. It took Just me like three days of solid LSD to get off crack. It was a bad plan. <laughs> Have you seen uh, But Jack not the LSD. Any... That was a good plan. The LSD was a good plan. It was a lot cheaper than going to treatment. Jack, have you seen yeah. any of the alleged images with him with very young uh, girls yeah. or There's whatever? There's a picture... If you can find it, I'm on Twitter a lot, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. So it comes and goes. Like the first picture I saw was him laying on a couch. Um, there's five girls that look like between five and seven, and they have uh, they're all wearing little tiaras, not full tiaras, but like wrap around loop things on their head. Mm-hmm. And they're one of them is like brushing his hair. It's it's a, a weird image. And I saw a couple hours later, and, and the kids at this point had their faces. Uh, uh, blurred out that's probably the creepiest one i saw yeah definitely and, something that uh yeah. chi- isn't he childless does he even have kids i think he's childless yeah, yeah definitely not something God, i would, hope so like if it were if he yeah. had a, a kid and there was a sleepover party or something going on they shouldn't be brushing his hair it's, i mean that, it's that's a weird, weird. Picture. I've, I've actually just happened to come across it on twitter again if you look for There's hashtag pedo peter uh all is one <laughs> yeah. word 
this how long before up. twitter um bans Bl- that bans hashtag that? yeah it's a good question as fast as they can Thanks, well, Jack. they're fast Thanks enough. The call, they, they could have banned it already if they wanted to. I, pr- I appreciate hearing from you. So, yeah, this thing is blowing up in just the last couple of days. And uh, and it's, it's you know, nothing's going to happen to this guy. And I'm, I'm with you on this, Arya. I don't think that people should get arrested for drugs or anything like that. But if the government gang were to be consistent, yeah, then he should probably be... But, of course, we know that even if he were, that he would face just a slap on the hand anyway, and it would well, all just Daddy be for show. Well, Daddy would also just pardon him, so... That can happen, too. But it would all just be for show anyway, right? It'd be like, oh, shame on Hunter. How dare you? You shouldn't be smoking crack. And he would make a public apology, and... Uh, They'd send him to rehab yeah. for two months or yeah. whatever. And the Biden yeah. family would say, this is a private matter between <laughs> us, and we don't need... The- who was it who said that? It was Jeb Bush. Okay. Uh also, uh, about his crack smoking daughter, by right. the way. Yep. Also, Probably friends with uh, N- uh, Pelosi when her husband got pulled over driving drunk, drunk in Tampa. Or Cra- whatever. Uh, no, not pulled over, actually. He crashed his car oh, into God. somebody else's car. Wow. What happened? Did he get charged with anything? No, and they won't release any information about mm. it. They won't release the body cameras. Surprise, uh, surprise. They're trying to sweep it into the memory hole. Yep. Amazing how that works when you're a politician or related to a politician. If they're high enough within the ranks, you know, being mm-hmm. related to a representative in the state of New Hampshire is not going to do you a whole you. lot of good. But, no. you know, they, Nancy they Pelosi the, being your grandmother, that's going to do you yeah, some good. The New Hampshire politicians don't have any real power at the state rep level. I mean, they, they actually get charged with things from time to time. There's There's been some reps hit with DUI and there's been, uh, you know, some of them charged with other quote-unquote crimes without a victim and things like that. So being a state rep doesn't really give you much sway, unfortunately. But they way. do get, you know, state rep plates. I don't remember exactly what they say. And reportedly, yeah. they can drive as fast as they want and won't ever get pulled over. That's true. They are immune from traffic laws on the way to and from, apparently, the state house. So, so they're always on the way to the state house. They could say that, <laughs> yeah, if they, if they wanted to. I'm taking a circuitous route. <laughs> the, the scenic route. Uh, so anyway, the, uh, the whole hashtag pedo Peter thing, I, I want to see if there's a way to verify any of this information again, without actually downloading the files, uh, for myself, but to see if somebody has done some sort of forensic examination on this to make sure that, uh, cause I've heard that it may actually be one of these cell phone images, oh, but okay. I don't know if that's true either, right? 500 gigabytes seems a lot of data for a cell phone it's image. true. Maybe it's coming from a, a Mac or something like that, or it's just accumulated over God knows how many years. But it's very interesting. Who knows what the bulk of the data is? Uh, and it's hard to really... Uh, it, there's just so much being posted about this. It's overwhelming, the amount of information. Like, if you try to go to 4chan and find anything useful... What, you, you wouldn't want to go to 4chan to find anything useful. Well, it's there. <laughs> you just have to dig through a bunch of trash in order to in order. That's to always it. the case with 4chan, though. So it'd be nice if somebody did a nice write-up showing some of the worst of the worst that uh, that is included in this, because you know it's it's ugly. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I mean, this but guy I mean, was, the, the hookers and the crack—that's that's not. I'm not interested in that. I'm no. interested on like a human level, and the and as you point out, the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy. Yeah. But like, as far as that's, I, I don't find that to be morally bad on his part. And of course, what's uh, Joe Biden going to say? He's going to ignore it. Somebody confronted him at a recent event and called called out this this happening. And of course, Joe Biden stumbled and security intervened, and Joe Biden said nothing about this. So they're going to try to cover this up as best they can. 
but it's just like it hasn't barely been 24 hours yet at this point so it'll be interesting to see Ooh. what comes out this week we're coming up here it's or we'll see you tomorrow free